Random Inks Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Mark. What's up, my nerd? Welcome, everyone, to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? And we are here to talk to you about Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And this movie was released about a week ago, and we went and saw it over this week. I think I saw it yesterday, and you saw it yesterday as well? Uh, A couple days ago. A couple days ago. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was trying to avoid spoilers, and then you went and saw it. So then I was like, oh, dang, I got to go see it as soon as I can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were going to try to go last week when it first came out, but I had sick kids. And And we had a family issue with a funeral, so we couldn't, we ended up, we were going to go that Saturday. And then unfortunately we had a family tragedy, so we had to support our family there. We weren't able to go that day, which is fine. So we made it this week and we are fresh off this film. Lots of questions, lots of comments. And we're ready to jump in and start talking about this second installment in the Fast Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them franchise. Um, so just to kind of recap this um, film, it stars Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, Zoe Kravitz as Lita Lestrange, who is a big player in this film. Eddie Redmayne is back as Newt Scamander. His brother, Theseus Scamander, is played by Callum Turner. We have Ezra Miller once again as Credence Sparebone. Dan Fogler as Jacob is again reprising that that role that he did so well in the first one. And then Allison Sudol plays Queenie Goldstein once again. And Catherine Waterston is back as Tina Goldstein. So those are the main players uh, in this film. Oh, also, can't forget Dumbledore. Albus Dumbledore makes his debut in this series. And he's played by Jude Law, obviously a younger Dumbledore. And we did actually get to see uh, Professor McGonagall there for a second. Uh, She's played by Fiona Glasscott. Never heard of her, but um, she was a character there for a bit. So those are the the main players that I can think of. Uh, Did I miss anybody? Okay, Claudia Kim. So this is a big one. This was kind of a... Uh, a spoiler when they first announced who she was playing because she was just a cast member and no one knew who she was. She was announced and a couple weeks or about a month, I guess, before the movie came out, they fi- she was finally given the okay to say who she is and so this actress, Claudia Kim, is Nagini and we know Nagini from the big snake that Voldemort, you know, f- has follow him around. So that was a big big spoiler it was the big tie-in between the two worlds um and they kind of go into her story a little bit we'll talk more about that but she was probably one of the biggest reveal you know character reveals i think uh for the for the whole show yeah yeah i agree and claudia played her really well i enjoyed watching her on screen um film was directed by david yates and if i remember correctly he did some of the original harry potters right uh he did do Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows 1 and 2, and also number 6, 
Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. So he's. So he yeah. did all the second half, is which one they got good anyway. So yeah, um, yeah, he did from uh, book five on. Yeah, that's good. And I know they went through a couple. Like I think they had a one that did the first two, and then they had another one do the third one, and I think they even had somebody else do the fourth one, and then I guess yeah. he took over for the rest. Yeah. And he also directed the first Fantastic Beasts, and he's slated to to announce the next three. There's going to be five in this series, at least according to IMDb. Yeah, so that's kind of still up in the air. Uh, when it was released, it was released to be five, and then the uh, um, studio came out and said, no, there'll only be three. And then a little bit later, J.K. Rowling said, no, there's five. And the studio re- again said, oh, no, there's three. <laughs> so we don't really know how many there's going to be. And we'll talk more about that later because Justin and I had a discussion about it. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, I think there'll only be three and this is why. But if there are five, this is what I think will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out. Hopefully there's five as long as they're, you know, sustainable and they're they're fun to watch. I'll go see all five of them the next three. Well, the last one might be in three parts. So, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. They like to do that in this series, this franchise. <laughs> um, he also did Legend of Tarzan, which is my wife's favorite film for obvious reasons, but uh, we won't talk about that one right now. We'll have her guest <laughs> on that one, <laughs> the Legend of Tarzan episode. But yeah, so he's done quite a few um, films, mostly in the Harry Potter universe, at least lately. And I, I like his style. I mean, these fantastic beast films these two have been you know a little darker a little more mature which i appreciate and kind of like you i didn't really i mean i enjoyed watching the harry potter films the first ones but i wasn't like a huge fan or anything and maybe some once or twice but the last you know the last few they a little more serious a little more more consequences and you felt the the gravity of the situation more and especially in these fantastic beast ones it's more uh consequences to the character's actions so i appreciate him and his directing style uh, jk rowling also wrote the script for this and the story uh, for this film which is good since it's her franchise but uh, moving on into the actual story um, this picks up i think i want to say was it three months after the last one just shortly after the last one ended we see grindelwald in prison in the U.S. and in their magic, their Ministry of Magic facility there. And he's being transported to England's uh, Ministry of Magic to be tried for his crimes over there. And in that transportation, he's able to escape. He enlists the help of one Abernathy. I don't, I think he's a new character or was he in the last one? He was in the original uh, but we didn't get to see much of him. He was uh, Tina Gold. Is it Tina? Yeah, Tina Goldstein's boss. Mm. Uh, if you remember oh, okay. when he first comes back, you know when she takes Newt to uh, Newt to the Makuza, right. right? And their their prime minister, or whatever they call her, kick kicks her out, and she goes downstairs, and he comes, hey, did you go up there? Blah blah blah. It's that guy, right? And we only get to see him a couple times, and he's just kind of like this low key character. You know, he seems like he got the job because he's somebody's son kind of thing, you know, that right. kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember him now. But yeah, he switches over to Grindelwald's side. I guess they, they talk about it in the film that he's got a silver tongue and he's 
he's good with, you know, convincing people and making them see, you know, his point of view. And so apparently that's what happened with Abernathy and he switched over and ended up helping him escape uh, during that transport. And he escapes and ends up going to Paris to hide out there. In the meantime, and then it jumps forward six months from that point to Newt. And he's going to meet with some higher ups in the, the England side of the Ministry of Magic. And they want to recruit him to be an Auror. Uh, his, his brother is. So he meets with his brother and they talk. And um, he also meets up with his old girlfriend, Lita Lestrange. And we find out that Lita is actually engaged to be married to his brother, Theseus Scamander. So there's a little bit of love triangle going on there where obviously Newt's still in love with her and she has moved on to Theseus and obviously Theseus and Newt are, I mean, they're brothers. They have their differences, but they still love each other. Still care for each other. At least that's the feeling I got. And so Newt doesn't want to join the oars. He doesn't want to be a part of that. He wants to be a free spirit, do his own thing, travel, you know, study these magical beasts that are prevalent throughout these films and kind of, you know, write, we, we know he ends up writing a book. So I'm assuming that's what he wants to do. Just write a book. And so he meets with them. He turns them down and leaves. Theseus warns him that he's being watched by the ministry of magic. And then we see that they, they end up hiring another guy to hunt down, hunt down Grindelwald. And he's a little sketchy, a little slimy. We find out later why, but um, so in this whole, we first introduced to Lita and we see Theseus. What was your impression of, of those relationships, Mark? I don't know. It's hard to say because I don't know any of the backstory, right? All we know is that Lita and Newt at some time fell in love with each other in school. They had a relationship and we have no idea what happened, but they weren't together and then we see she's with his brother. So I don't really know, right? I think it's cool they brought her in. I think she's an integral part of the story, not because that, you know, he loved, you know, she loved Newt and her brother, but because she's a Lestrange, which is a big family name. It's a big part of the whole storyline in this movie. And, you know, there's, I mean, obviously we know Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange from the next one. So, or from the Harry Potters. So I think it's good. I, I, I don't know. This is probably one of my criticisms, and I'll talk more about this later. But I felt like there wasn't enough story to be told there to really buy into it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I, th- I see what you're saying. These characters were intriguing, and I wanted to know more. And they had such a pivotal role later on, well, throughout the film, and especially in the ending. And we really don't know much about them. So there's, you know, where's the emotional connection that we should have when things go south at the end of this film? You know, it's not really there. It's kind of there because we see him, we, we like him as, as we're learning more about them, but we don't learn enough about them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, and like we said, we find out more in the film about Lita, like what happens to her and everything. But once that comes to fruition, I mean, I was... I, you know, it kind of hit me in the feels, but not like it should have. Like if there would have been more there, then I would right. have, that would have been more connecting to me. 
But as opposed to it's like, oh, this is character who just loves her brother. Like, I, I don't get it. I mean, mm-hmm. myself, I'd punch my brother in the face, but but <laughs> I don't know, right? Like something happened there and we just don't know what, and I would have liked to have known what. Yeah. Yeah, and they did this, uh, and I thought it was fine. It was well done. I didn't have a criticism of how it was done, but they did this big information dump on Lita and her character. And then all of a sudden we move into this crazy stuff that oh, we'll get into it in a second. It was just too much too fast at the end, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so yeah, then we move to Newt going home and we find out that in his basement, he kind of has the same setup that he has in his suitcase where it's this huge magical place with all these different creatures and he feeds them and takes care of them. And they kind of have their own space where their own habitat where they can swim or climb or, you know, whatever the, the, these animals do, uh, they're down there living and he has a helper who's there briefly and so we kind of see that and then all of a sudden jacob and queenie show up from america jacob's under enchantment because queenie wants to marry him and he loves her and he wants to marry her too but he knows that if they do i don't know if she'll be killed but she'll be put in jail and Mm -hmm. then they won't be together anyway so he doesn't want to get married because then he'll never see her again anyway so that's kind of their um conflict have going on so queen- well because in the united states they're a lot more strict with their rules between the magical community and the and the uh uh normal community right uh they don't i mean there's still a statute of secrecy in britain but it but they allow like hey if these two people are in love they can get married you know yeah. they're not as tight on magical creatures as they're in america whereas america is totally um shut down uh, you know, no magical creatures, period, you know, too much risk. No, you know, none of this getting along together, you know, with, you know, mat, no madges and, you know, magician, whatever. And so, you know, uh, and that's what the whole thing was about. She's like, look, I want to come here to get married because they're a lot more open to it over here than over there. And call out, how do you say his name? Kowalski? Yeah. Jacob, Jacob was just like, look, it's not about that. I don't love you. It's about, you know, that we want to do this right. We want to be together, you know? So, um, and it was kind of a, kind of a crazy part. And I don't really know if it was all part of a plan or not that they had this planned out already, how to get over there, like to bring them over there and make it look like, I don't know, circumstance because he knew he was being watched. Because it seemed like, remember, like he gets there and he's like, all right, you made it. You know, you're here. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? Was this a plan? Was this, was this like set, you know, set in motion at some point? I don't know. That's a, that's kind of what I got out of it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but kind of an interesting part. I don't know. Rewatch it sometime and, and watch that part again. And I think it's a part that people would have may have missed, but I think there was a moment in there where it really felt like something was going on behind the scenes um, to, to get them there. And so with Jacob and going, with, with all of them. Hmm. And, um, and so I, I think I, it's kind of like what I told you last night with Queenie. I think it might be part of a plan. Yeah. I mean, cause later on, they 
seemed to win Grindelwald and his assistant. I I don't think they ever said her name, or I didn't pick it up anyway. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, she just she finds her and she knows seems to know who she is, and they bring her back to Grindelwald's place, and he knows who she is, and they know that she was in love with Jacob and couldn't get married. So, yeah, there might be some backstory, some planning there, like you said. Oh, she, it says her name's Rosier. Rosier? Rosier? I don't know if that's a last name, because a lot of these guys, like, have just last names here. Mm-hmm. But Rosier is a, um, is the last name of some of the Death Eaters later. So, there you mm-hmm. go. Okay. So, well, yeah, so Jacob and Queenie show up, and he's under some enchantment, love enchantment by Queenie, to because they're going to get married, and apparently it's against his will, or um, he didn't want to, like we said, at least at that time. But my thought with all this was, why don't they just get married and live in England? <laughs> That's kind of, yeah. It's like, well, that solves that problem. <laughs> he can open up his shop in England, big, you know, no big deal. But... um Alas, that didn't happen. And so then uh, Queenie gets mad and leaves and then Jacob's heartbroken and they decide they end up going to Paris. And how did they, Newt found that postcard that was ripped up. And I don't remember that being ripped up. Okay. So from what I remember, um, I don't remember the postcard. I know that Queenie had the postcard and it was sent to her from her sister, Tina. Right. So she was going to Paris to look for a sister and, and Newt was going to go to France. And I think they said Paris, I can't remember to look for credence. So I think right. it was more, more happenstance that they were all going together, but that's a pretty big happenstance. And that's another reason why I think this was all planned. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause you know, all of a sudden, um, like you said, they're going to Paris and Hey, Grindelwald's in Paris. That's a coincidence. So it's such a big deal that, yeah, I can see Grindelwald planting those seeds and kind of planning that out to get, to get them there. Um, but Tina was there in Paris on legit business, right? She was tracking Credence. Mm-hmm. But uh, Newt wasn't going to go until he found out that Tina was there. And then he realized... Because her eyes look like a salamander's. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. Apparently <laughs> That's a works, good line. Yeah. Don't ever use that line on a girl. It only works in magical beast people. <laughs> but yeah, um, he, he was totally against going. And then Dumbledore kind of tracked him down. And you find out, kind of as everyone suspected, right, that he was sent to America for Dumb- on Dumbledore. You know, Dumbledore gave him the heads up. But Dumbledore had ulterior motives why he was sending him to America, which leads to like a weird question, like, or a statement. I don't know. Don't you think that Newt is probably the most powerful, awesome wizard low key? Yeah. I'm getting that impression. Right. Look what he can do. Right. I mean, he's tracking people down with cool spells. Like when they go to London, he starts, you know, trying to track Tina with some weird, you know, a reverse time spell or something like that, seeing what did happen. He's got, you know, he makes these huge areas out of nothing, out of a suitcase. Um, just awesome. And so, 
I don't know. Just interesting. So we have, going back to that first one, what you were talking about, that uh, Dumbledore sent him to America with the, that all dealt around that bird that he had in his suitcase, right? Yeah, that Thunderbird. Yeah. So why, what was the ulterior motive of Dumbledore to send him there? Was it to track down Grindelwald in hiding? Because he was hiding, um, he was presenting himself as someone else. Do you think that had something to do with it? Or was that just, he just stumbled upon it and was able to figure it out? Because I think Dumbledore knew there was an obscurial in America and that, um, and that Grindelwald would try to possess it somehow, try to control it. And he knew that Newt had an affinity on how to, how to help fix it. Right. Because he had, you know, he had the one in his, in his um, suitcase. He had right. tried to help the person, but his whole ability was that he wanted to help, you know, to help figure it out, how to cure these obscurials. And, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool too that we hear Dumbledore tell Newt, you know, he's like, out of every wizard, every person I know, you are like who I admire most because you don't look for power for power's sake. You just look at something and say, say, is it right? Right. And, and so he knew that Newt would go there not only to stop an obscurial, but he wouldn't kill it. He would find a way to fix it. You know, because it's not this kid's fault. It's not Credence's fault. He's an obscurial, you know, like he can't control it. And here's somebody that wants to use him for evil. And the only way that everybody knows how to counter the obscurial is to kill it. But Dumbledore doesn't want that either. So, you know, I think that he sent him there knowing that they would run into to each other and he would, you know, he would have the compassion to do what needed to be done. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So Newt and Jacob end up going to Paris and like you said, they used some spells to figure out where Tina was and ends up tracking her down. But they run into this one guy. He's played by Cornel, Cornel John. And they run into him and he's like, yeah, I know where Tina is. Come with me. So he takes him and he ends up, he has Tina in a cell basically. So he tricks them and then they're all in the cell with her together. But before that, right before that, Jacob and Newt are going to Paris. There's like this circus. You know how Diagon Alley in the first movie, the first series was kind of like this hidden place. You had to walk through this wall and you found this whole other uh, block basically with all these wizards there. There's kind of a similar thing there in Paris. They go in there and you know, there's a circus there and that's where we see Credence for the first time. He's there working as well as uh, with Nagini. She's there and they're friends. They've connected and they end up escaping the circus and running off. And so that's Tina's trying to track. Tina was there at the circus and saw Credence, but wasn't able to capture him. So she's trying to track him down. And in doing so, she ran into uh, this guy Arnold Guzman, and he ended up apparently putting her in a cell. And that's when Jacob and Newt meet up with her. It's when he tricks them and puts them in the cell. So that's where we're at. That's how they connect. And Guzman apparently has this thing in his eye, this parasite, and so he passes out. 
and Newt and Jacob and Tina are able to escape from the cell, take him to this hideout and they get the, the parasite out of him. And then they, we meet Nicholas Flamel. Yeah. Yeah. Then we meet Nicholas Flamel. Mm-hmm. So he was a, a name <clears throat> drop. He's from the first uh, Harry Potter movie. Right. And from what you were telling me last night when we were talking about it, he helped create the Sorcerer's Stone, a.k.a. the Philosopher's Stone. Depending on which side of the ocean you're on, that's, you know, depends on what you call it. But we call it the Sorcerer's Stone here in America. That's the right way. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yes. Um, But he he helped create the Sorcerer's Stone, but you were telling me that he and Dumbledore created the Sorcerer's Stone in, at least in the books. Yes. If I, so if I remember right, uh, him and Dumbledore created it together and it's to uh, help sustain life pretty much forever. Um, there's, it's never been said, but there's a thought that that's part of what kept Dumbledore alive and young, you know, kind of young for so long that he was able to still be around uh, because he, Dumbledore is pretty old. You know, he's over a hundred years old and he's still, you know, doing it pretty good you know so there's an idea that he he was partaking of it but uh once Voldemort tried to get it they realized we've got to destroy this um and so they destroyed it and you know last week here is that Nicholas Femmel and his wife are putting their uh their affairs in order and eventually they'll die so um they meet up with Nicholas Flamel and he ends up helping them a little bit throughout the rest of the film uh, but Tina and Newt, they decide they got to go to the Ministry of Magic there in Paris. So they take off and head to go there. And Jacob ends up talking to Nicholas Flamel and see that he has this uh, crystal ball. And he ends up seeing uh, Queenie and where she's at or where she's going to be at because it kind of foretells the future a little bit. So he f- finds out where she's at and he takes off to go try and locate her and and help her. But now we need to backtrack a little bit on Queenie's storyline. So she had been looking for um, her sister Tina, but then she heard Jacob's voice and Newt's voice. So she went chasing after them, but didn't find them. But then this uh, assistant of Grindelwald does find them, does find her, sorry. And she ends up taking her back to Grindelwald's hideout. And that's when she kind of buys into Grindelwald's cause a little bit. She can, she gets interested because Grindelwald says the right things to her, that he wants to change things. He wants to make it so that people who love each other can get married regardless if they're a wizard or not a wizard. And so she buys into that and she wants to see that change as well. The movie's called Crimes of Grindelwald, right? And he, we see him kill a few people here in Paris. Um, a family, um, mom and dad and their baby, surprisingly. I thought that was a little gruesome. <laughs> yeah, um, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, it's it, like they didn't need to d- show that necessarily, but they, they didn't show them like the baby dying, but they heavily implied that, hey, oh, there's this baby here. We got to get rid of it too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that. But um, so outside of that, at least until the end, I mean, he just, he, he kills more wizards who are attacking him. 
So what are the crimes of Grindelwald? That he has killed people? Or is there something else? I think it's more than that. I think his crime is uh, getting these people to follow him to do it for him. I think that's more dangerous, right? Like, it's easy to stop one guy. You know, I mean, even in, in real person history, it's easy to stop one guy. But if you look at some of the most evil travesties, it's his followers that create the, the, uh, the danger. I mean, we see Abernathy turn bad, right? And free him. And then we see his followers, you know, create tons of all the followers. We, you know, you see that Torquil Tra- Travers guy, right? And he's the one that uh, is on the hunt for credence. And, you know, we see what he can do. I mean, I think that's, I think that's what, when I see crimes of Grindelwald, that's what I see is his ability to create followers, not just followers out of fear, but followers out of, um, you know, loyalty, you know, complete opposite what we see out of Voldemort. And I I think that's what uh, his biggest crimes are like, because uh, when they killed that family, it wasn't, it wasn't Grindelwald that killed that family. True. It was everybody else. Right. Yep. So, I mean, that, that's what I have, but that's what I think it is. Now, obviously, Grindelwald is very powerful, great wizard, as we see at the end of the movie. And he, he's got magic upon magic. And, I mean, we hear it straight from this Torquil Travers. The only guy that can match him is Dumbledore, and Dumbledore can't. And, um, and so, you know, he, he's got – he can do what he needs to do. But I think once you have like these tons and you know of followers following him, uh, then that becomes even more dangerous. I mean, think, look at uh, uh, Queenie, right? By herself, she's not very powerful, but you know she's a legilimens. So her, you know, her abilities do exactly what he needs them to do. And so I think that's his greatest crimes is just getting these people to follow him of their own free will without being coerced. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you talked about how Dumbledore can't fight Grindelwald. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? One of the side stories is the, the head guy, one of the head guys in England goes to see Dumbledore at Hogwarts. That was pretty cool. They revisited Hogwarts. We see some of the characters like Dumbledore and McGonagall and, you know, we're back in the classrooms and there's the Bogart. You know, so we revisit some of these old places that we saw in the original stories. So that was kind of cool to see all that once again. Uh, but they visit him with some oars and they want um, Dumbledore to go fight Grindelwald and take him down. But he can't. And he doesn't really say why, but we find out later after those guys leave, he goes and looks in the mirror of Erised and we see, we see why. Mm-hmm. So, uh, after the books were done, just a little quick backstory. After the books were done, uh, J.K. Rowling came out and said that Dumbledore was gay, and that kind of created a huge uproar. Uproar, and then it came out that he was he had a relationship with Grindelwald. Um, so, and that's kind of all we really know. There's a little bit backstory about their childhood, how they met, and everything else, but it doesn't really go into what you know how that relationship bloomed and everything else um but what we find out in this movie 
and what Dumbledore says, he's like, we're closer than brothers. And, um, you know, well, what does that mean? That can mean a lot of things. But apparently, whether they were lovers or they were just in love with each other, whatever it is, we don't really know. But Dumbledore obviously loved, loved him. You know, I think we can, we, you know, we can take that from it. And at some point, they made a pact. Uh, it was a blood pact, I think, is what it was called. Yeah. And so they cut, you know, it's kind of like the whole Blood Brothers thing, right? You cut your hand, you shake hands or whatever, and that means more than just, you know, like a promise or, or whatever it is. And we find out that he makes his blood pact with Grindelwald to not attack each other, to never fight each other. And Newt actually is the one that, that kind of comes up with this. Like he realizes what it is. And so that's why Dumbledore cannot fight Grindelwald. And then at the same time, Grindelwald cannot fight Dumbledore. And, and I think that that distinction uh, is important to know for why Grindelwald's so infatuated with Credence. If you don't understand that, then I don't think the whole Credence Grindelwald connection makes any sense. Right. And Grindelwald needs Credence to do his, do that deed for him. First of all, cause he's powerful and can. And second of all, he, you know, he can't move against Dumbledore, but Credence can. So. Correct. Correct. And, and nobody else is strong enough to, I mean, we hear that straight from that Travers, like nobody, you know, nobody can do it except you. So, you know, they don't have a choice, but to have other people do it for them. Well, yeah. And Dumbledore recruits Newt basically to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he wants Newt to kill him, but to track down Credence and neutralize Credence, whatever that looks like. So both Dumbledore and Grindelwald are playing chess with people around them. All right. So, and then with Credence and Nagini, they, they ran away from the circus together and they are hiding out in Paris and Credence is trying to track down his parentage. He finds this, uh, was it an elf? Is that what they called her? Or. Yeah. She was half elf or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Someone. And she ended up, she thought maybe that person was his mother, but she was just the person that delivered him allegedly. Um, so another dead end. But uh, was it Travers? Is that his name? Tracked him down to that place mm-hmm. and ended up killing that, that lady so he couldn't get more information. And um, Credence tried to kill him, but he was able to protect himself and he escaped. But uh, so Credence still is looking for answers, can't find anything. And Grindelwald approaches Nagini and um, Credence and kind of tells him, hey, I, you know, I can help you. I know. I can help you figure out who your family is, but you got to meet me at this place at this time type thing. So he gives him a map of where to go and then he leaves. And everything is, is kind of moving towards this place at the end of the, that is the end of the film. You know, the place that Kowalski saw in the crystal ball was the same as what Grindelwald told Credence where to go. And we last, we left off with, uh, Newt and Tina, they were going to the Paris Ministry of Magic to try and find a clue 
as well. And that, while they were there, they ended up meeting up with Lita. And they're there. When they're there, that's when Tina finds out that Newt what isn't engaged to Lita, and so that kind of changes their relationship. She was being kind of cold with him because she was mad that he got engaged, and she thought they had a connection. But it was just a misprint in the the newspaper. Apparently, is why she thought that. So she finds out that uh, he's not engaged, and he tells her that her eyes look like salamanders, kind of like what you were referring to earlier. So maybe <laughs> they start to reconnect, and then Lita shows up, and they find out that they got to go to this place, which ends up being a, a huge graveyard in Paris. So they all. Decide, you know, they all end up there at their, pretty much at the same time. And the reason why Newt and Lita and Tina are going there because there's a box that was taken from the Ministry of Magic and deposited in the one of the monasteries there at the is it a monastery or what's it called? Those. It's I don't know what it is, but it's like a graveyard, and I, those books are like their family histories I, yeah. i'm not really sure right i mean i've never been to europe so i don't really know how they do it there but apparently yeah. they're kind of strange like that yeah. so i think it was a mausoleum <laughs> is what they're called yeah. Oh, okay yeah mausoleum. yeah but then that shows another you know behind the scenes planning of that book that they were hoping that tina and newt and lita would find ends up there at the right place at the right time type thing so someone's moving the pieces behind the scenes, obviously Grindelwald, but again, they all end up there and that's when we find out the family history mm-hmm. because they're all yeah. there together. Credence, this guy, this, uh, this new guy, um, Arnold Guzman, Arnold Guzman. Yes. And Jacob um, and Newt and Tina and Lita, they're all there at the same time. So Basically, basically, Credence is trying to find out his family lineage, right? Where he comes from, who is he? And he, he's been on this hunt thinking he's a Lestrange, right? So Lita would be his sister. So they show up there and they're going to find out. Uh, what's his name, that black guy? Arnold Guzman. <laughs> Arnold Guzman has his wand out. You know, he's, he's going to... Um, kill you know kill somebody we find out why uh it ends up being that he had he made a uh an unbreakable vow uh with his his dad right right who um yeah with, with his dad that he would track down and kill this other guy uh what he loved most and the other guy we find out is uh I think his name's Corvus Lestrange, actually. And he, you come to find out that he took his wife and then had another daughter named Lita. So they're half brother and sister. And then he had a son, right? So he thinks, Credence thinks he's part of the family. And then we find out Lita actually um, didn't kill her little brother, but made sure he didn't survive. And uh, because uh, apparently when they were leaving, they left on a boat from Europe to America to go into hiding for whatever reason. I don't think it ever was uh, really clear on that. Um, And on their way, Lita took this baby, changed it with another baby, 
and then left. And supposedly the baby drowned. We don't know. And so she pulls out what they were looking for, and it, and it ends up being the Lestrange family tree. And it shows that Corvus is still a baby. And that the, I don't know, it had dimmed or something like that. So that was a, a big key that Corvus, was, or yeah, the son Corvus was actually dead, and that Credence was not Corvus. Yeah, so Corvus, the real Corvus, the uh, strange heir, died. Or at least it's heavily implied that he died. Mm-hmm. It's really confusing. Even to watch it, it was confusing because of, of, of how it was. So if this isn't making sense, I apologize. But just know that Lita and this black guy are half-brothers and sisters. Guzman, I, I don't know his name. He's not a big enough character. Guzman, our half-brother and sister, Creedence thought he was the brother that went missing. He ends up not being that. And at the end of the day, well, I won't say that, but yeah. So Credence still is like, like, wait, so I'm not a Lestrange and he doesn't know who he is. Um, and then at this time, this secret door opens and they go down it and it's Grindelwald meeting with all these wizards and they're talking or he's talking to them about his big plan. And I thought this was interesting. So all the, the group goes down there and they're, in the crowd and stuff um, and they get locked in there basically. So they can't leave. Um, and then in the meantime, all the oars from England are tracking down Grindelwald, which includes uh, Newt's brother, Theseus. He, him and his crew are coming to arrest Grindelwald. So while they're down there in this secret place, um, Grindelwald's talking to them. And he tells them about his master plan. He's, you know, he's got this silver tongue. He's tell them, telling them, you know, hey, I don't want to kill the nomages or the muggles. I just think we're better than they are and we have more to offer. And he shows them this vision, which I thought was interesting. Basically, he shows them scenes from the world wars that are going to come. Um, um, had World War One happened at this time? I think it had. Yes. So yeah. World War One was done, and yeah. and we basically know that from the first one, right? When uh, Kowalski uh, tells the guy when he's going to get the bank loan, he's like, "Yeah, I got back in oh, '17 yeah. as part of the expeditionary forces." So right. he served as a uh, whatever those those earthwork guys are called. I I, I don't remember what they're called in yeah. the military, but but um, he reveals to them that there's another war coming, mm-hmm. and then he also shows them the atomic bomb, right? And so I thought that was interesting that he was able to, I don't know if he had some inside information or he was able to see the future. So that basically convinces a lot of the wizards like, Hey, we don't do something. Things are going to get worse. They're going to get worse than what we already just went through. So a lot of them switch sides and, you know, start believing him. And at this time the, the oars show up and they end up killing one of the, the wizards there in attendance. And so that kind of seals the deal for a lot of them that's, you know, hey, we got to take some action. So most of the wizards leave. They, does it disapparate? Yeah. So it was kind of weird how they did that, right? Because two of those people disapparated, but then Grindelwald was still able to stop them like they were flying away, you know? So yeah. I'm not really sure what that was. I think that was just like a an overlook on what the disapparate spell is mm-hmm. <laughs> to be to be cool 
Right. <laughs> okay. So a lot of them leave, but then the Aurors stay, and as well as the main characters. And here we see Queenie decide to switch sides, but Jacob implores her not to, begs her not to, but she does anyway. Um, and in the meantime, uh, Grindelwald's killing all these Aurors that are trying to attack or escape. And um, But Newt and Theseus are still there, as well as uh, Leda. Maybe you can shed some light on this, but the whole time Lita's just like, she's intently listening. She's focused on Grindelwald and she comes up to him and kind of makes him think that she's going to join him. But at the last second turns to Theseus and Newt and Ted says, I love you. And then she attacks Grindelwald and it's killed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, why? That was one of my questions is who did she say that to? <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, I caught that too. I was like, oh, was it Newt or was it Theseus? I'm thinking it was Newt. Me too. Yeah. And because, I mean, you can kind of get some stuff from Lita. Like when she tells him, you know, like, uh, you like when she tells Newt, you know, you never met a monster you couldn't love. Right. And that was, you know, and that was foreshadowing herself because she tells, she tells um, uh, Albus later right when she was visiting say i am a monster you know i am that person and so but yeah she sits back and listens and i think she was just listening to his message because his message is so strong right i mean if you think about it it, you know it's not that you know and he said look i'm not here because i hate muggles or nomads or humans whatever you want to call them i don't hate them I just think that they serve a purpose. I I think they serve a purpose in this world. And I think we serve a purpose in this world. And, and I think that those purposes are misaligned because we're here hiding. We have to hide in, you know, back room alleys and alternate, you know, rooms, et cetera, et cetera. We can't marry who we want to love. And that was directed completely at Queenie. Right. And, uh, and his message really is, a convincing one to a group of wizards who feel like they can't be who they want to be simply because they're hiding. Right. And, and I started to buy into it. I was like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> that was right. Like, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's a very strong message. And I think that you see Lita understand how strong of a message that is, but she's not enamored by it. She understands that the whole idea for the greater good is the same idea that the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. And that, uh, and that in order for this to come to pass, a lot of people are going to die. A lot of innocent people are going to die. And Grindelwald, while his motives are noble at, at the basic level, his true motives are not. And, and I think she understands that, right? I think you really see her click, like that clicks with her, like where it doesn't click with like Credence or doesn't click with Queenie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why do you think she attacked him knowing that she couldn't win? Uh, I think she wanted to die. I think she despised her family name for the the pain and frustrations that it brought her. Um, for you, those that you don't know, the strange family is a big family name, but it's also rid, riddled with like evil people and people that have just been, you know, just not looked favorable upon. Right. 
even before Bellatrix came about. And it just wasn't a an honorable family name, even though they were a true blood, fam true blood family. And so, you know, she had uh, grown up being ridiculed because of it, who she is. And I, I just think it, she despised it. She wanted to be someone else. She didn't want to be known as um, Lita Lestrange. Like she didn't want people to not like her or like, or like her because of her name. And I think the only person that ever did and didn't care was Newt. So that's why I think that she said, I love you to him. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think she just, she was done. You know, it was her way of going out, trying to do something noble, but knowing it wouldn't have a, it wouldn't make a difference. Mm. So the flashback that we saw with Lita and Newt when they were younger at Hogwarts, I think that's where we get that, what you were just talking about. I think that's where we see that happen because she, was, she wasn't liked by her peers. Newt was the only one that understood her and wanted to you know, hang out with her and be nice to her and stuff. So I think that's when we start, we start to see the pain that she has. You know, that's when she was like 12 or something. So, you know, 10 years... 15 years later, she's still dealing with that. So I get what you're saying where she just wanted to go out as a hero and be, maybe make a, a good name for herself finally. But yeah, so Grindelwald, he um, is able to escape and he unleashes this power, these kind of magical dragons on our heroes, but they're able to counteract the, this magic and keep it contained within the graveyard because it was going to destroy all of Paris, basically, but they were able to stop it, confine it to this, this graveyard, and destroy these magical dragons. And all of our heroes, except Lita, survived. Um, Queenie switched, switched sides, so Jake was heartbroken about that. Um, Newt and Theseus were heartbroken over Lita's death. Um, so a lot of loss and tragedy at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, and that with art was pretty pretty epic in its own right. Like, um, I, I'm convinced that horrors are horrible at what they do. Yeah. Because you see them just get killed wholesale throughout both, you know, throughout Harry Potter and this one. Um two, I think that uh this was probably one of the most epic scenes I've seen in any of the movies. Uh I mean so we find out what this spell's called. Uh, what happens is Grindelwald casts, casts this blue fire around him, and this blue fire ends up growing to a point where it's going to destroy Paris, right? And we find out that it's called Protego Diabolica, all right? And uh, all it is, it's um, – we know what Protego is, right? It's the defensive shield that they cast, you know, to stop spells. And this is a, um, a twist on that. Uh, I happen to think that somehow Grindelwald found out how to put that uh, um, to change it to be aggressive as as opposed to protective, because it's a protection spell. So he somehow made it so it's going to attack those um, people as opposed to just defend himself. And we see it right. The three dragons come up. They're going to attack. We see freaking uh, <laughs> um, what's his name. The old guy, Nicholas Flamel. Nicholas Flamel come out. He's like three hundred years old, and he's like, 
all right, I haven't been in the field for 200 years. And he pulls out his wand and, and we see him take on these, these dragons, which was amazing. Right. I mean, that part was just so cool. And we get to see that, like you said, the heartbreak with when Queenie walks over and when Credence walks over, I mean, we see uh, even Nagini is just heartbroken. Right. And, and they all survive and it's just uh, it's just an amazing sequence of events and, and I really, really appreciated it. Yeah, it was great. Some great visuals, some great storytelling, great acting, directing. It was yeah, it was a it's a great moment to to end the film on. Well, I guess there is kind of a wind down instead of just ending with this crazy moment. They do wind it down and let the audience breathe for a second, where we see uh, they go back to Newt and the heroes go back to Hogwarts to talk to Dumbledore and we see that Newt's uh, little animal the Niffler yeah the Niffler he had escaped during um, Grindelwald's talk out of the suitcase and had kifed the the drop of blood that he and Dumbledore had you know created for that blood pact to not attack each other it was in this shiny um, pendant that he had so the Niffler grabbed it and ended up giving it to Newt and they took it back to Dumbledore and showed him. And I, I got the impression that they wanted him to, or at least Newt wanted him to figure out how to break that. You know what I thought was neat about this part? And Newt even meant, said something about it when he was like, I think that um, Grindelwald overlooks the things he finds non-important. Right. right? Uh, it kind of goes back to the... Uh, uh, what is it? Lord of the Rings, right? Or the Hobbit when um, Gandalf says uh, to Lady Gladriel, he's like, you know, Saruman thinks only great power can counter this evil, but that's not what I have found. I found it's the little things, you know what I mean? Yep. That can counter this great evil, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on and it's like right here, like this is such a good point about that, that saying. Now, obviously these are just movies. There's a fantastical, et cetera, but I mean, it kind of all plays off the same premise, like that Newt understands that. And this guy who's Grindelwald, who has all this power, does not. Yeah. So we get the implication that um, Dumbledore is going to get back in the game, maybe. And then they kind of bounce back and forth between that and then the scene with Grindelwald. He's there. It is this new hideout with Queenie and uh, Credence. And it's revealed that Credence, or at least uh, Grindelwald tells him this, that Credence is a brother to Dumbledore. And he kind of proves this to him by, through the phoenix. There's this baby phoenix that ends up coming and revealing himself to Credence and only Dumbledore's are... You know, there's this legend that phoenixes are attracted to the Dumbledore family. And so he, Grindelwald tells Credence that he is, um, I forget the name that he used, but he's Albus's little brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he makes up a name. I don't remember what it was. And so I thought when I was seeing this, I was like, well, that's not true because Dumbledore didn't have a brother, a younger brother, did he? So we talked about it last night 
and why don't you tell us what what you told me because <laughs> you phrase it better than I do. <laughs> so <clears throat> we find out he does have a little brother and now this is kind of a crossover back to i think book seven um of uh the harry potter series so we do know that albus has a brother and his name is Aberforth. We also know he has a sister named Ariana. And that's all that's ever listed. And the book put out by Rita Skeeter. Yeah. Uh, it talks about that. No other brother is ever mentioned. There's no long lost brother. Uh, he uses the name Aurelius. Aurelius Dumbledore. Yeah, that's right. And But all we know is Aberforth and Ariana. Interesting to know all their names start with A's. Albus, Dumbledore. Aberforth, Dumbledore, Ariana. So, um, so what we know is, and and we're going to kind of go and talk a little bit more about some of the the things that we liked and didn't like, etc. One of the things that um, uh, I kind of got away from is, is this whole point here. So we know that Aberforth, Dumbledore, was his little brother, and at some point, uh, according to Book Seven of Harry Potter. Uh, he, he was getting mad at Albus and they were getting a fight because Albus wanted to go travel the world and their father was in jail and, and then Grindelwald attacked Aberforth and he used an unforgivable curse. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess these unforgivable curses have been around forever. I assume they had only existed since Voldemort was around, but apparently they had been around forever. So he attacks him with an unforgivable curse and Albus fights him. Okay. And when he fights him, you know, it doesn't really say that they're fighting to the death and they had just graduated Hogwarts or Albus had just graduated Hogwarts. So I don't know how powerful they were at that point. But they battle, and at some point, Ariana is killed. And that kind of ends the fight. And in this movie, uh, Albus talks to Lita and tells her, don't live with regret. I've lived with regret. And that's what he's talking about. because he, he always thought that it was his spell that killed his sister. And then he could never convince himself that it was on purpose or accident. Because Ariana kind of held him back. Like, he, he had to stay and help her. And, he, you know, he didn't want to. So, and then there was a break. They, you know, Albus and, um, and Grindelwald went their separate ways at that point. So, and this is, kind of brings up my point. When they did that blood pact, um, when would that have happened that they can't attack each other? Because obviously they did attack each other. They had a big fight. But it kind of seems unlikely to me that after they had this big fight, Ariana is killed. Aberforth is tortured with the Cruciatus curse from, um, from Grindelwald that he would be like, okay, I forgive you. Let's make, an, let's make a, a blood pact together that we'll never attack each other again. You know, that, that's a, a really far-fetched yeah. um, thing to me. So I didn't like what that did with the timeline. And, and I think it needs to be explained. If it's ignored, then I think it's ignored on purpose. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I think that they did it and they're like, ah, crap. Oh, well, we'll just deal with it, which I don't like either. So I think that was an accident. Um, and 
now they're going to have to try to deal with it. So they can either explain it away or just let it be junky. <laughs> I think they can come up with something for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did the curse because they realize, you know, if we go full out, full out on each other, there's more, you know, it's going to be more than just me and you getting killed. You know, other people are going to die. So let's never do this again. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. And some more backstory we find out uh, as well is with Ariana. So she is killed. Now there's a, a big theory out there that one of the reasons that Albus is so interested in Credence, not only because he knows that Grindelwald will use Credence for his own good, for, for his own reasons, which are bad, but uh, because Ariana was also a, um, an obscure, obscurial. We find out as well that in book seven that Albus's father is in jail because three uh, muggles attacked their daughter. You get the sense that they sexually harassed her. I don't know if it ever says. And then he went and took revenge and he ended up in uh, Azkaban. So his father's gone. And then Ariana repressed her magic. And we find out later, you know, we find out from uh, the first movie of this series, um, if you suppress your magical skills, you become obscurial. And then it also says in book seven that Ariana was prone to birth, you know, fits of anger. And during one of those fits of anger killed their mother. So both their parents are gone at this point. And so I think that it really hints at that point that Ari- Ariana is a obscurial because only a, like, it's not like she just goes crazy and she's, you know, going to do something so that crazy. I think that she loses control and we see what happens when Credence loses control and she killed their mother that way. And so Albus is really interested in how that they can stop obscurials with, um, with Newt and because he, he also has an interest in doing so. So uh, there's a lot of tie-ins in, in these movies. It's really cool, really interesting. Um, I think my, definitely my favorite part of this whole film has got to be uh, the, <laughs> the underdog Newt. I think he is overlooked in every single way, but I think he is like one of the only characters that, has it all together yeah he's a little Um, quirky and you think he's kind of off but i think he sees the big picture and he knows he knows what to do at the right time all the time mm -hmm. yes uh i think for me my my least favorite aspects of this film and i think i have a couple of them are what it did the, the timelines are wrong like like i explained there's that that one there's another one with uh i was talking to justin right um, Nicholas Flamel, right? Uh, because about the the sorcerer's stone or the philosopher's stone, um, if he created it with Dumbledore, how is he already hundreds of years old? Because Dumbledore's not that old, yeah. uh-huh. and if he could live that long without the philosopher's stone, why did they need to create it in the first place? So I didn't like that explanation. I think that did some weird things with the timeline as well, but maybe people aren't like me that are read the books and get into them and they, they just don't care, but I care. <laughs> so it bugs me. Um, but you know, I didn't like that. And I didn't like that the movie 
there were some things I wanted to see more of, like the whole Credence and Nagini connection. Yeah, we didn't really see them that much. Yeah, we didn't see them that much. We don't know how they got together, like where they met, what their connection was, how they became friends, and then almost lovers. I mean, it seemed like that they had something really intense going on with them. And uh, we don't ever get that. Um, even with the whole Queenie thing, Queenie Kalowski thing, like we don't really get to see what happened to him after the first movie and then all of a sudden they're engaged and he's under some weird spell like we just don't get us get that connection and i feel like for a movie generally second movies in three you know in three movie series are story building movies and i feel like they did a lazy job with the story building in most aspects and it kind of took it away from me so for me the first one was so good going to this one even though it was really good and i really enjoyed it when i take the first one and what it brought to the table and then i look at this one i have to give it a b even a b minus because i think that they could have done a better job i almost feel like they got lazy or they got too involved in trying to have enough action right the, the whole action if we put enough action people will like it yeah how long was this movie do we know offhand <laughs> I mean, I think it was two hours. Yeah, it was a good amount of time. Um, uh, let me look short, at this. I mean, spend an extra 10, 15 minutes on this, these things that we've talked about, and it's a, it's a better movie. It's a more fuller, enriching movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, two hours and 15, 14 minutes. Okay. But, I mean, you, you could do things, right? Like, you could cut out five minutes where we watched Grindelwald take over that house and kill those people and that child. Right. You yeah. could take that out because that's presumptive. Like, I don't need someone to tell me that story, but I need, but I would like to know why Abernathy turned evil, why um, Lita Lestrange broke up with Newt, but as now with his brother. Right. I like those are important connections that I think do more for a, more for me as a, as a watcher, as a, you know, moviegoer as opposed to, wow, this guy killed these people like he's brutal. I already know he's brutal. He's brutal enough that Dumbledore had to face him. So, you know, let me, let me see the stuff that uh, has substance to it. Yeah. And then with um, Bellatrix Lestrange, she is about the same age as Lily and James Potter, right? Mm-hmm. So whose who's child is Bellatrix married to? So um, she is married into the family. She's a black, right? She's a cousin to Sirius Black. And she married Rodolphus. I'm pretty sure his name's Rodolphus um, Lestrange. And they didn't have any children. Um, and then he had a brother... And I don't remember his name, but he wasn't married. And um, we kind of see what happens to them at the end of the seventh Harry Potter. Now, we don't know whose children they are. This is the one thing that's the big question mark it, that, that was brought up with this movie. So Lestrange had, that we know of, two children, Lita and Corvus. Corvus was presumably killed as a child in that shipwreck, and Lita was killed by Gellert Grindelwald. 
And that's all we know. Uh, now we can assume, I think correctly, that at some point, another half brother or sister was born that will be a Lestrange as well. Because um, Rodolphus and his brother had to come from somewhere and we just don't know where. So yeah. I, we're not really sure. We're hoping that's answered in the next movie. I've looked online for this. I've actually looked for the answers. And all as it says is, un, like when you look at uh, different people's guesses and, you know, people that do this all the time, it just says un, unknown Lestrange. That, that's right. who Rodolphus's are an unknown Lestrange. So I'm sure that will be answered in the next one because I don't think they can leave it that open. Yeah. Yeah. And plus uh, Corvus senior seemed to be quite the ladies man. I mean, he, he stole, what's his name? Um, yeah. Stole uh, that guy's uh, mom, right? Mom, yeah. Why can't we ever remember his name? <laughs> Because he was such a horrible character. Uh, I think it was cool tie-in, but that's just one of those things, right? Like, okay, Guzman, yeah. (laughs) I guess just one of those things they could have spent less time on and more time on better storytelling, in my opinion. Yeah, so Guzman's mom was enchanted by Corvus Sr. And that ended up being Lita's mom as well. But then she died giving birth. The mom died, and then he took another wife. And that was Corvus's mom. Corvus Jr.'s Mm -hmm. mom. That's right. He he was quite an attractive guy. Seemed like he was rich. So I'm sure he could get another wife and end up having these Rodolphus and his brother, you know, having them as, as kids too. So not too far of a stretch. We just don't know what it is yet. All right. Any other questions that were answered or brought up because of this film? Who is Credence? Yeah, that's the big one. I, I truly don't think uh, he's Dumbledore's brother. I truly 100% think that Grindelwald is making it up to use him for his own means so he can kill Dumbledore. Uh, my, uh, if I have to make a prediction for next movie... It will be that Newt and Tina will free Credence of his Obscurial. Yeah. Will they figure out who his parents are too? Or is that, does that matter anymore? I don't, really? I don't know if that's even germane to the whole thing. Because when they talk about it, it just says that it has to do with love. Right? The whole love thing again. Mm-hmm. Like that they don't feel like that they're loved or they're cast away or whatever it is. And so they just need to correct that. So maybe it is apparent, but I think Nagini is key. Yeah. And how does she end up with in the service of Voldemort? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And those are huge questions like that, that are brought up. I mean, we can speculate. I hope they're answered. Um, but obviously something bad enough had to happen that she just decides to be bad or... Well, so we find out what, what Nagini is. She's a human, but they have a bloodline curse, and the bloodline curse makes them become snakes forever, just these really huge and monstrous snakes. We don't know if these snakes can act, like if they retain the, you know, the mental state of their person, like they realize they were a human so they can be good or bad. I don't know. So 
uh, either something really bad happens where she just hates good people <laughs> and decides to follow Voldemort or she just becomes a snake altogether and Voldemort's like, look, a really huge snake and I can talk to her. Cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it could be something that simple. We don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't even speculate because there wasn't enough story in their background to know, yeah. to make a good guess. Once again, the story is lacking to, to really flesh out their, their story. So they're the character's backstory. But hopefully they fix that in future films and we get more of, of them and what they're all about. So you gave it a B, maybe B minus. It's about what I say. I say a B. I mean, I liked it. It was good. But a problem with a lot of these second films or second books, you know, this middle chapter in the story, you know, you still have the whole story. You don't have the context of the whole series or, you know, whatever it is to, to really form a strong opinion. I thought the movie was well done. The characters were good. Um, but a lot of unanswered questions. And if they fix it in the next films, then, hey, maybe my score goes up. My grade goes up. But, yeah, B, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I won't go see it again. But uh, but like you said, I, I really liked it. But when I put it next to what the first one offered, I it, it, was, it was almost a letdown just because I feel like that – and I feel like this across the board with all movies. I just, it's sad to watch it happen. I feel like people are getting away from telling me a good story and just giving me lots of action. And I can appreciate that people like lots of action, but as an avid book reader and an avid fan of the series, I like to know the story too. Don't leave me out in hopes that your big action scenes will, will win you the day you know, hold on your merits and tell me a good, good story. Cause that's, I appreciate that in a, in a movie a hundred times better than just explosions everywhere. Right. I agree. All right. We want to thank you guys for joining us here on the credible nerds podcast. As we review fantastic beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald, you can join us on social media on facebook.com slash credible nerds, Twitter, Instagram as well under credible nerds. Um, follow us there. We have a YouTube channel that we kind of post stuff there every once in a while, but definitely follow us there. Uh, check out our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app. Just do a search for Credible Nerds and we'll be there. Uh, follow us, subscribe to our feed so you can get the latest updates for our newest podcast. And also check us out on Patreon if you'd like to support us there. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, helps us improve our episode quality and you know it helps us do contests where we do giveaways and things like that so check us out there you can get exclusive content exclusive episodes um, for example this episode of our review for fantastic beast 2 uh, will have exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else except on patreon so definitely join us there but uh, mark and i are also doing another podcast uh, series for the wheel of time we just started that so check us out if you're a wheel of time fan if you know what that is if you don't check us out anyway and see if you like this book series but we enjoy talking to you guys about our favorite movies our favorite books our favorite tv shows and definitely let us know what you like send us an email credible nerds at gmail.com 
ask us questions, give us recommendation, give, give us feedback, and we'll follow up with that. So once again, we want to thank you guys for joining us and we'll catch you next time. See you guys.